In this video, we're going to continue our analysis of portfolio allocation. Investment professionals often face constraints when they're allocating money to different assets. We're going to learn how we can incorporate constraints when solving for the optimal portfolio. In the last video, we calculated the optimal portfolio, but we assumed that short sales are allowed, which meant that the weight on a stock could be negative in the optimal portfolio. While some institutions may be able to short sell stocks without incurring large costs, many investors cannot, or indeed are restricted from short selling. Most mutual funds are unable to short sell stocks. How do we find the optimal portfolio then, if the holdings of all stocks must be greater than or equal to zero? That's the focus of today's class. We still want to maximize expected utility, but the only difference now is that we have an additional constraint. No stocks can have negative weights in the optimal portfolio. We can think about this in terms of risk and return. We have our diagram that we've seen before, where we've got risk measured by standard deviation on the horizontal axis and expected returns on the vertical axis. We have the risk-free rate, RF, and we have our feasible set of investments. And we know that as investors, we want to maximize the reward to risk ratio. For every unit of risk we take, we want to maximize the expected return. That's what we do when we solve for the optimal portfolio. We're maximizing the slope of the line. What we're going to do now is maximize the slope of that line, which is the reward to risk ratio or the sharp ratio, subject to two constraints. The first constraint is that the weights must add up to one. The second constraint is that the weights must be greater than or equal to zero for all stocks. Let's go to Excel. In this worksheet, we have the data that we used in the last video. We've got our returns data, we've got our demeaned returns data in our data sheet, and in our matrix calculation sheet, we have all the portfolio allocation inputs that we saw in the last video. If we go to the Name Manager, in Formulas, go to the Formulas tab, select Name Manager, you can see we've got the named cells that we named in the last lecture. What we want to do is calculate the optimal portfolio weights when there is no short selling. One way to do this would be to repeatedly guess the optimal weights and see if they maximize the reward to risk ratio. This would take us a long time if we set about doing this manually. Fortunately, Excel has a function which can help us do this called Solver. Before we can use Solver though, 
we need to first enter in some random portfolio weights. A reasonable starting value for the weights would be to assume that all stocks are equally weighted. We've got five stocks, so there's 20% allocated to each stock. And we can copy this across for the cap M weights as well. Let's name these ranges W underscore hist underscore ns to indicate no shorting. Do the same for the cap M weights W underscore cap M underscore ns. And we'll format these cells so that things are clear. The total weight invested has to sum up to 1. We can copy across the formula for total weight. It's just adding up the elements of these cells. We're now ready to start setting up the problem. To maximize the sharp ratio or the reward to risk ratio, we first of all need to have a formula for the expected excess portfolio returns and we also need a formula for the portfolio variance. First of all let's calculate the expected excess portfolio returns assuming that the weights here are correct. We're going to use the formula equals m mult. How do we calculate portfolio returns. It's W transpose times by mu minus RF. So we're going to do transpose W underscore hist underscore no shorting NS multiplied by the excess expected returns based on the historical approach. Close brackets Control shift enter. The portfolio variance can be calculated also using matrix multiplication. And to do M mult, open brackets, M mult again. We're going to do the transpose of the weights, and the weights are W underscore hist underscore ns times by s close brackets comma and that will all be multiplied by the weights w underscore hist underscore ns close brackets control shift and enter we can also calculate the expected sharp ratio or the reward to risk ratio which is equal to the expected excess returns divided by the square root of the portfolio variance. We can do the same thing for the cap M. Let's select the three cells where we've just made these calculations, copy them across and now we have to go in and change the names everything that's denoted with a hist must be changed to cap M.
Control Shift Enter. Same for the variance. Control Shift Enter. So we've now calculated everything we need to solve this problem in Excel. What we've got to do now is use a function called Solver. Effectively, it's Excel's version of automated guessing. We've started with these, these weights. They're our best guess. We're going to ask Excel to change these weights and recalculate the sharp ratio and see if the sharp ratio goes up when we change the weights. Excel is going to do this over and over again until it maximizes or finds the maximum value of the sharp ratio because that's what we want. We want Excel to maximize the expected sharp ratio or the reward to risk ratio. Solver is a very cool feature. It will allow you to solve very complicated problems that investment managers face every day. To load in Solver, first go to the office button, select Excel options, the bottom right hand corner. Now select add-ins. Now go to manage add-ins, manage Excel add-ins, click go. You want to select the solver add-in. Tick the box next to the solver add-in if it's not ticked and press OK. The solver add-in will now load and if you go to the data tab you will see the solver function is at the far right hand corner of the screen. Before we use the solver, let's name some ranges to simplify things when we're trying to refer to cells. First thing we should do is name the cells for the total weights. We know that the weights must add up to 1. So let's name this for the historical one. Let's name this sum w underscore hist. For the cap M, let's name it sum W underscore cap M. And we're going to want to maximize the expected sharp ratio. Let's label the sharp ratio SR underscore hist underscore NS. Let's do the same for the cap M. SR underscore CAPM underscore NS. Now let's start the solver. As soon as you click on the solver, a pop up box appears asking you to enter the solver parameters. The first parameter that you're asked to enter is the target cell. In our example, the target cell is the expected sharp ratio because we're trying to maximize the expected sharp ratio that is our target and we know that we have called the sharp ratio we'll first of all consider 
the historical scenario. So we will use sr underscore hist underscore ns. That's our target cell here. The next thing we have to choose is what do we want to do to the target cell? Do we want it to be maximizing that, minimizing it, or aiming for a particular value? We want to maximize the sharp ratio. The next thing we have to do is tell Excel how do we maximize? What cells can we change? Well, we can change the weights that we invest. So we want to get, we're going to tell Excel to change w underscore hist underscore ns. Change the historical weights. Finally, we have to enter the constraints. And what do we know? We know that the weights must add up to 1. So we add a constraint. And the constraint is that sum w underscore hist, saying the sum of the weights, must be equal to 1. Let's click OK. But we have another constraint. We know that all the individual weights must be greater than or equal to 0. So we need to add a second constraint. The weights are referred to as w underscore hist underscore ns. And they must be greater than or equal to 0. Let's click OK. We've now added our two constraints. If we click Solve now, Solver is going to maximize the sharp ratio by changing the weights subject to the two constraints that we have entered. That the weights must add up to 1 and that the weights for each stock must be greater than or equal to 0. Now let's click Solve. Solver results tell us that Solver found a solution all constraints and optimality conditions are satisfied. And now it says, what would you like to do? Keep the solution or restore the original values? We're going to keep the solver solution. So we click OK. And we see now we have a set of portfolio weights. Intel we invest nothing in. AEP we invest nothing in. Amazon we put 30% into, and ExxonMobil we put almost 70% into. Merck we also invest nothing in. Now let's do the same thing based on the CAPM expected returns. Once again, let's start up Solver. And this time we need to change our notation to reflect the CAPM. which is very quick. We just replace hist with capm. We want to change our constraints. So we type capm. And once we've changed all the named cells to reflect that we're looking at the CAPM rather than the historical expected returns, we can click Solve. 
Once again, we'll keep the solver solution and we'll hit OK. Let's look at the differences between the unrestricted weights and the weights when we have no short selling. If we look at the historical approach, when we were unrestricted, we saw we took very large negative positions in, in Intel, AEP, and Merck. Now, we hold zero in those stocks. For Amazon and ExxonMobil, we took very large positions. Those positions have now been reduced when we stop short selling. In Amazon, we have 30% and we have 70% in ExxonMobil. When we look at the CAPM, there is no difference between the unrestricted weights and the weights when there's no short selling allowed. Does that make sense? It does make sense. If we look at the unrestricted weights, none of them are below zero. All the weights based on the CAPM expected returns are positive. So when we impose the restriction of no short selling, it doesn't matter for the CAPM expected returns. So this is a good test to make sure that we've got all our calculations correct. We have now calculated the optimal portfolios assuming there is no short selling allowed. But many funds actually have investment charters that provide guidelines on what percentage of funds can be allocated to a specific stock or industry. Suppose we have the following constraints. We have to hold at least 10% of each stock, but no more than 30% in any stock. How do we find the optimal portfolio with these extra constraints? This is a very realistic problem. This is what happens in many big funds. We have this constrained, complicated optimization problem. It's actually very simple to solve this using the Excel solver function. We just have to add in constraints. Let's consider the historical returns. First, let's change all our references back to the historical references. Now the second constraint we have is that the weights should be greater than or equal to zero. But we've been told that the weights must now be greater than or equal to 10%. So we modify our constraint to reflect that the weights must be at least 10% or more. So we click OK. And we now need to add an additional constraint that all the weights must be less than or equal to 30%. So let's add that w underscore hist underscore ns, the weights must be less than or equal to 30%. Click OK. We've now set up this constrained maximization problem to take into account the investment constraints that we have to invest at least 10% in each stock, but no more than 30% in each stock. Let's solve 
we'll keep the solver solution and we've now got new portfolio weights we invest 10% in Intel 20% in AEP 30% in Amazon 10% in Merck and 30% in ExxonMobil we can do the same for the CAPM expected returns let's set that up now now we've changed all the cell references we can click solve click OK to keep the solver solution and we now have the results of the constrained optimization based on the CAPM expected returns does that make sense? it does because if you look at the CAPM when we did the unrestricted optimization we invested only 4% in Amazon and 8% in Merck and yet our portfolio constraints say we need to invest a minimum of 10% in all stocks as a result when we do our constrained optimization we see that we invest 10% in Amazon and 10% in Merck now the optimization also says you can't invest more than 30% in any one stock when we looked at the unrestricted weights we invested over 30% in ExxonMobil in the constrained optimization we invest just 30% in ExxonMobil we've now seen how we can incorporate investment constraints and still solve for the optimal portfolio this is what investment practitioners do every day of the week and you can do the same things using Solver in Excel so this is really cool incorporating constraints such as no short selling doesn't just change the optimal portfolio it will change the entire efficient frontier for any given level of risk when we incorporate short selling constraints we're going to earn lower expected returns than if we had no short selling constraints I have plotted that on this diagram we have the efficient frontier with no short selling restrictions in red and the efficient frontier with short selling restrictions in blue and you can see that for any given level of risk such as 8% the expected returns are higher when there are no short selling restrictions that's all I want to cover today I would like to highlight though that in Excel it is very easy to make mistakes that is why it's important to name cells and ranges and be very careful when you start using Solver Solver is a very powerful tool in Excel but it can be very frustrating if you type in the wrong cell references Solver will give you crazy answers so please be careful see you in class